The impact of COVID-19 across the world has been devastating and felt by everyone. All over the world, there's fear and uncertainty as lives are lost, economies are being they're shattered. They're fighting a war here and they're losing. And what we know as normal life has been uprooted from us. Well, the coronavirus is wreaking havoc on Wall Street. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropping nearly 3,000 points. We have the worst kind of breaking news. Washington Post reporting that for the first time, coronavirus deaths in this country surpassed 100 in one day. We now find ourselves distanced from each other and left to navigate an unpredictable reality. I'm Justin Keller, your host. I'm certainly no expert on COVID-19, and I'm definitely not an expert on being human. But what I do know is that we must combat the fear and uncertainty that we face by fighting for optimism, and we must do this together. The Bright Side Chats is a series here on the Fight for Brilliance podcast to help share how people like you are navigating this trying season and what they're doing to fight for optimism despite the unknown, the struggles, and the concerns that they have. You'll hear from business owners, parents, fitness experts, mental health professionals, and more. The goal is not to give you an answer. I don't think there is one answer for us to navigate this. The goal is to bring us together at a time when we need each other the most so we can rise above this together. Be sure to subscribe and tune in daily for short interviews to encourage you to fight for optimism and find the bright side together. Welcome to the Fight for Brilliance podcast. I'm Justin Keller, your host, and you're listening to another episode in this special series called Bright Side Chats, where I'm sharing with you 30 stories over the next 30 days of people who are fighting for optimism and finding the bright side through all that they're going through right now with COVID-19. And today's chat is with Chef Tim Love. Tim is a very highly acclaimed chef with restaurants that span the nation from Seattle to Knoxville, uh, but with his roots right here in Texas where he is the chef and owner of a number of restaurants in the Fort Worth area and Dallas area, as well as three new concepts right here where I live in Houston. And I know that very well because I'm choosing to not count calories and do my part and eat as many Love Shack burgers right now as possible and enjoying it very much. Uh, But in total, he has 14 restaurants. And so you start to get an idea of just how greatly this has impacted him. Uh, And on top of that, he provides food for a number of festivals, one of which is the Austin City Limits Music Festival, which was canceled. And so you just start to get the idea of just how much this is affecting him. And so we talk about how he's navigating this difficult season um, and how he's choosing generosity as his business model and feeding people with love. And so I absolutely enjoyed this chance to hear just the real struggle that he's going through right now, but also the posture of possibility that he has through all of this. And I know that you will too. And so let's get into this conversation with Chef Tim Love. Tim, thank you for joining me here today. I I really appreciate you making time. I know that for me personally here in Houston, you had just opened up a couple of great restaurants. Yeah. And so I was, I'm really sorry, the timing of all this. And I was excited for you guys to be here. Still excited that your presence is here, but I'm just wanting you to know personally, sorry for all that you're having to navigate there with all this. So thanks for making time in the midst of it all. Yeah, of course, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks. 
Yeah, of course. Um, so one of the things that I have admired from a distance watching you is this is a time where it could be easy for uh, businesses to kind of freeze and wonder like, what do we do? And you seem to be doing quite the opposite. And you seem to be responding, at least from a distance, you seem to be responding at the speed of need. And I'm just curious with that, what's been the hardest part for you personally and for your team having to adjust so quickly to everything that's changed especially without there being much certainty within that change. Yeah, I think the you said it best. Uh, it's the uncertainty really is the, the, the one factor that um, really affects everything that we're doing. Um, I would say the hardest thing I've ever done was when you know, I had to let go of all of my hourly employees. Uh, when, when all this came together, you know, very quickly, I was in Houston and um, we were doing our friends and family and that's when they announced all the sports were being canceled, right? No basketball, no, no baseball, no, you know, all, I mean, it was, it was there falling like dominoes. It was really insane uh, watching it in real time on the night before we were about to open up three restaurants in a, in a market that I've been working on for almost three and a half years. And, yeah. um, so then, you know, that, that Monday, uh, we, I came back to Fort Worth and assembled my leadership team. And, you know, I knew I had to make swift actions uh, to protect the company uh, was my number one thing is how do I make sure that we have a company here uh, no matter what, so that we can always provide the jobs that we can provide. So, you know, we laid off almost 400 people immediately. Um, it's probably really one of the hardest things I've ever done. I mean, without a doubt and not being able to address everybody personally, which even made it even worse. Um, you know, I had to send out, a team of leaders to go speak with everybody and prepare them. Uh, we didn't just send them on their way. We wanted to, that's why I wanted to do it so quick. We prepared a packet for them to let them know exactly how to go get unemployment and how it was going to happen and how we're going to communicate with them, when we're going to try and bring them back. And so all that, you know, taken into account, um, I wanted to do what I thought would be best to preserve the company. And, and, um, so we went straight to a pure management team. So I preserved every, all the managers which have 100% full benefits provided by us. So my goal was to make sure they maintain their benefits. And I knew that the government would take care of my hourly employees, or at least they should, right? And um, so that was my number one goal. And then once I figured out how to do that, uh, amazingly, uh, everybody but one of my managers stayed on board, uh, which was insane, um, and, which is just a testament to how our team is and how we work and our core values. And, so then the next thing is, okay, how do we generate some, some revenue? And, um, you know, everybody started throwing out ideas and I, and I said, you know what I think we need to do is we need to focus on the people who we just let go. How do they, how are they going to eat? And, um, so we just said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to take all the food from all the restaurants. Uh, and we're going to do lunches for school kids. who aren't going to be able to go to school. We're going to do lunches for senior citizens who can't go to the senior center center. And then also lunch and dinner for all the, People who are going to be laid off just like we had to lay people off. And um, then we came up with a program to try to fund it, which is doing family meals that people could, we were going to deliver family meals. Um, so we do a, a package of four dinners that'll feed a family of four, right? And you pick from eight different family meals you can make and then we deliver it to your door, no contact. Uh, all this happened literally in 40 hours. Uh, we worked all through the night. Uh, designing the package, designing, getting on the website. I mean, so many things these days you got to do, right? You can't just make a phone call anymore. 
Yeah. And um, it took about a week, but uh, it's been absolutely amazing. Uh, we, we sold 250 family meal packs over the weekend, which is now uh, back funded the very first week that we did the free meals and it's slowly catching up. And it's really, you know, it's amazing. It keeps my team busy. Um, and, and, you know, now the program is paying for itself, which makes it even, even better. But I mean, we've got a long way to go, you know, and we've got a lot more people to feed. We've fed almost 3,000 3, meals so far, uh, which is nuts, you know, for a little program like us. And we feed a lot of the police officers, we feed a lot of the firemen. They all come by every day uh, as they're out in the field, you know, fighting this enemy that we can't even see. And, uh, so that, you know, when you think about it, uh, my, my dad always said, you know, when you get in real dire straits, the number one thing you can do is look back and find a way to help somebody that's even worse than you are. And things always seem to come out right. So for some reason that just came into my head, like, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to focus on how we're going to, you know, make money and take out and all that stuff. We're going to focus on keeping my team and, and taking care of those who can't take care of themselves as well. So that's what we're doing. Well, I love that. And it is so rare because right now it's, we can get into self-preservation mode, um, very easily in when there's scarcity. And so I see that happening. You, you've served, you said close to 3000 meals now. Yeah. And you started that though. You didn't, you didn't know that people would jump on board and buy the family meals to help also fuel and support that system. You were going to do that regardless. Is that not? Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know, yeah. um, we, we just got so many people asking if we're going to do something. And so then I was like, well, let's figure out something we can do that'll fund our program. So then, you know, uh, we started selling these meals because people were saying, well, how can I help out? You know, that generally would happen. You start doing something great for other people. Other people feel that energy and they, they're like, what, what can I do? I want to do something. We had a lot of people call want to volunteer. And I was like, well, we can't do that because we're really strict with the team on how we allow people, um, you know, for safety reasons is what I'm saying. So everybody that comes in every day, we take their temperature and, and we do this certain type of cleaning. There are certain type of clothing. At the end of the day, we take the clothing off and wash it. People come in, they change into fresh clothing again. So it's like these little precautions that, you know, my, I've had my family's been in the medical field. I've seen all that crap they go through for, <laughs> since I was a little bitty kid. And so we try to do that the best that we can, you know, to keep as sanitary as possible. And so we couldn't accept volunteers. So uh, we came up with this program. Hey, let's do this. It'll also help other people out. They don't have to get their cars and go to the grocery store. I mean, it comes out to be like $8.50 a person for a meal. And it's really good. So, yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of uh, comments like, man, I think you're giving too much food. I think there's, you know, all these things, which is great. Like, well, good. Use it for leftovers. Do something with it, you know, or give it to your neighbor, you know, something like that. And, um, I don't know. It's one of those things that, that also I could see once I established my team that we're going to be together, this is how it's going to be, this is where we're going to get paid and, you know, and we're going to do this six week program. That's what I told them. So you think back, that was March, uh, 15, 16th was the Monday, I think. And, uh, I said, May 1st, we'll look at it again. But as of tonight, this is how it's going to work. This is how you're going to get paid. You don't need to worry about, am I going to lose? I'm, I went and wrote a check, opened up a new account. And said, I'm going to put the money over here. And the attitude of the team just was instant. So now they get to smile every day because they know they're taking care of people. They're not worried about whether or not they're going to lose their job, no matter what happens in the next six weeks. And, you know, it was really a game changer for me. It made me feel good. 
And, you know, you think about how doom and gloom it is out there right now. I mean, and the news and the radio, no matter what you listen to, it's doom and gloom. And it seems to get worse and worse every day. And so at least we get to wake up and know that we're making people feel better. I love that. And so, I mean, just a lot of respect to you as a leader, navigating the hardest decision of letting a lot of people go, but also finding a way to keep what you could and protect what you could. So I just, I respect that a lot. Why is generosity, do you think, such an important thing and aspect for you personally and as a business? It seems to be, this doesn't come out of left field. It seems like that it would have to be hardwired in you or something. You know, I guess it's funny because, you know, if most people who would meet me in passing would say this is a really hard charged, like, go get them, you know, if you ain't first, you're last kind of person, which is actually very true. But I... My thing is, you know, when when times get tough, you just find out who, who people are made of. You know, it's not really the people who can charge to the top when times are good. You know, a lot of people can do that and they defy a lot of people along the way. For me, I'm exactly the same when times are good or when times are bad. I'm, I'm as strict as I've ever been. I'm, you know, my word is my bond, even though sometimes people may not like it, but at least I do exactly what I say I'm going to do all the time. And when things get tough, I do the same thing. It's like, and I think, you know, that's leadership is a lot about that, right? It's not about when you're winning and losing. It's about how you are all the time and how you face both adversity and generosity. And the third thing, like prosperity, right? Prosperity, everybody thinks it's easy to thrive in, but it's also tough as well. So you've got to apply those same things all the way across the board. At least I feel like you do. And I think my team looks to me for that, right? They look to me to stay calm. You know, we, we have seven core values in our company and we, we, we concentrate on a core value every week and we, we sit around the table and talk about who exemplified the core value and who didn't that week. And, and it's no holds barred. I mean, I'm, I'm open to all the criticism just like everybody else is at the table. And one of them is what we call professionalism. And one of the characteristics of professionalism is not cracking under pressure, right? Keeping your composure all the time dressing up every day to go to work. I mean, these are things that we do not only at work, but also in life, right? So staying, you know, one of this humility, staying humble all the time, knowing that at any point this virus could hit, right? And what are we going to do? That's going to defy who we are as a company. And so when we got together as a team and, and I said, this is what I want to do, everybody just jumped on board. It was like, wow, this is going to be awesome. Like how, mm. and, and the way it's turned out, makes it even better, right? Where people just want to hop on board and be a part of it. And um, I, I think that, you know, when I hopefully look back in a couple of years on this event, right, it's going to be forever embedded in everybody's mind, especially in our industry, which is just really struggling now. Um, I, I hope that I look back and my team looks back and says, man, we really did the right thing. Right? We really did not only the best that we could do, but we did all that we could do. So that's what I'm hoping for. That's really all you can get us the positive we're going to try to get out of it. Right now is when we're going to find out what your true values are probably for everybody yeah. because it's what we experience from each other, not just what we say we are going to be. So um, it's a very proving time for um, people. And I, I know at least from a distance from what I'm experiencing, even firsthand with your, your team here, I, I go down to Love Shack and Woodshed a lot. And um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just wanted to support local, but I'm experiencing really great things from the team. So it, it's gotta be rooted in the culture you're creating there. Um, let me ask you this. So I know the woodshed uh, is gonna actually be opening up a little market. 
I think that's supposed to launch even today. Yeah, today. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, just things like that, the way you're approaching the meals and uh, families and providing for people, but also thinking about the business, you're just finding another way. And so I was just curious, what do you think and why do you think optimism and finding another way through all of this is so important? Well, you know, it goes back to what we're saying. Like if, if I'm not optimistic, if not, I'm, if I'm not saying everything's going to be all right, nobody thinks anything's going to be all right. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I'm sitting in the fetal position, my thumb in my mouth every once in a while, like, good gosh, what are we going to do? You know? And, but then I got, I, you know, then I come show up at the office and I mean, everything's good and it's gotta be, you know, it, because you know, and the, there is, there is an end and, and I'm a huge math nerd. So, uh, my son is in calculus right now. He's a senior in high school. And, uh, I sat him down. I said, this, this, what's happening right now is the ultimate calculus problem. You know, I came up with a calculation when I decided I was going to do this six weeks for my team that May 1st, we're going to be through this. Now, whether they open it up or not, but we'll be through it. And I said, probably April 20th is really what my math tells me. And so long as everybody does what everybody's supposed to do, as long as Fort Worth shuts down, I met with the mayor, like, you got to shut this down. We go through all this stuff. And we went back and forth about all this a few times. And I did the whole calculation. We built our own curve, taking into account how many people are being tested, taking into account how many people are going to the hospital, how many people are going to die. And when that spread starts changing is when you're going to start seeing the real quote unquote curve move, which nobody talks about. So we go through all this and I come up with this calculation of April 20th. I told my leadership team, I said, you need to get ready to start hiring people back around the first week of May. And they're like, what? I'm like, that's when we're going to do it. I don't know if we're going to be able to open, but we're going to start hiring people back in May. So I'm going to put it out. I have a Facebook page that all my team can go to, the hourly everybody that I post on uh, three or four times a week, just updating people where we're at, what the team's doing, how we're doing it and why and all those things. So today I'm letting them know that they, around May 7th, they can probably act about coming back to work so for you, it sounds like it's a, it's a realistic approach to being future-minded is what optimism yeah. looks like for you. For me, if I don't provide some sort of optimism and what we're going to do, people start getting tired, you know? Yeah. And I don't want them to get tired. I want, we, got, we got six more, you know, four more weeks of feeding these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't let off the gas. I love that. What is one thing that maybe you're learning, kind of honing in on greater, uh, maybe about yourself or as your team, as you're kind of leading through everything in this time? Well, I, you know, you do a lot of soul searching in times like this. I feel like, you know, I, I, when I graduated from college, I hiked the Appalachian trail by myself and it's probably one of the scariest, but also greatest times in my life where you start figuring out what you're really capable of and what you're not capable of, what, what things really scare you, what things really don't scare you. Um, and this is like one of those times because everybody feels like they're alone. When, you know, most people really aren't, they've got family with them or uh, a roommate or whatever it might be. But, you, you know, when you everybody wants to always do things that they can't do, you know, th there's a time in the world when if somebody forced you to not go to work and you had a really nice wine cellar full of really good wine, you're like, hell yeah, let's go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are in that situation and we're all panicking about it. <laughs> I mean, what the hell's going on with us? Right, so, you know, uh, it could be a lot worse, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, I live right on this trail in, in Fort Worth, so I can get out and you know run five miles or do yoga, like I do yoga every day. Which I there's a there's a 
saying yoga, I know I'm going to butcher the word, but it's like called Chagra. It's a Sanskrit word that says, this is why we practice. And I say that to my team all the time. I encourage my team to do a lot of yoga, but they don't do as much as I do. But the real reality is the reason why you practice every day in yoga is to prepare. You're always preparing. And so that's what, you know, I said to the team, I said, we've been preparing for this for 20 years. You know, we've been, we've been in business for 20 years. You don't need to worry about that. We, we're going to make it through it. We're going to get creative. We're going to start providing anything. You know, we do these little markets like we're doing in Houston now that have fun stuff at it and little chef kits and things like that. And just try to draw some excitement, let people know that we care about them. We're trying to think about things for them to do. I mean, let's be honest. Like, um, so that, that's, that's kind of where all that stems from. It's like, what can we do to, to make people still be inspired, not only for themselves, but for us. And, uh, and hopefully on the backside of this thing, they come out remembering that we even opened in Houston, for instance. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, they will. And hopefully this will help too. But, um, you know, for me listening to you talk, I really appreciate you making the time because just hearing you talk, I think what it, it shows me is that you talk about preparation and you are ready to serve people right now. Um, you've built a business that was ready to serve people. And that's something that I respect. And so, um, I'm, I'm eager for you guys to, and for everybody that's in, in, impacted by the especially restaurants. And I have a lot of friends in the industry and, uh, just understand that this is tough for everybody, but it's, um, I know how it's hitting you guys really hard and a lot yeah. of good people that are being impacted that I know. And so anyway, um, I guess the last thing I just want to ask you would be more on a lighthearted note would just be what is one guilty pleasure that you would have to have? Uh, it's a non-essential item. Uh, and, and I, I would put bourbon wine, all that is an essential. Okay. So okay. maybe uh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> you can go there if you want, but I'd just say something that's a guilty pleasure that, man, if you were locked in the house for two weeks, absolutely couldn't get out. You'd have to have. Ah, oh, man, I guess music. If I didn't have music, I'd probably go nuts. You know, I could deal with the Netflix and the TV and all that. Cause I, normally I travel so much. I don't really watch much TV. Yeah. So music is kind of my music is my thing for sure. And, uh, and I miss, you know, I'm in the festival business. And so, I mean, it's crazy. Like, you know, I had to cancel Austin food and wine, we're going to not cancel. We moved it to November luckily, but like now it's threatening Bonnaroo, which we do all the food at Bonnaroo and then ACL, which I do all the food at ACL as well. It's just crazy, like to think that that. I mean, it's just uh, the whole thing's really crazy when you think about it. I mean, it's crazy, yeah. It, it's to think that now you know we're we're all wearing masks and stuff. I mean, you, you think about. I mean, I used to go to Vegas and see people wearing wearing masks that were usually from somewhere you know in Asia, right? And you're like, what's wrong with these people? And now we're all wearing them. <laughs> and now they're looking. Now looking at us like, yeah, you dummies, y'all been some y'all should been wearing these the whole time. Um, it's so strange man our kids are gonna look you know at pictures of us when they're sitting our age or whatever and see that and just think how crazy were they you know oh yeah i mean my, you know I, I i think about all the you know when you talk about if you're upset you think about my son is it's his senior year and like he doesn't get to do any senior things yeah like, it, that's crazy i mean it's just really wild how something so small is so big, you know. And it, the other thing is, I, I would encourage people not that I'm on a soapbox, like, you know, everybody needs to stop blaming everybody else for what's going on. I mean, we all got, we all got to figure out a way to get through this together, right? And I, I say that a lot when we do 
uh, I, I talk with these, this independent restaurants and all that stuff. It's easy. It's easy to be mad at the president. It's easy to be mad at Congress. It's easy to be mad at our medical officials. It's easy to be mad at everybody. That's, I mean, everybody can say, yeah, this is horrible. But the hardest thing to do is to wake up and say, what can I do to make it better? That's the hardest thing in the world to do. And that's what I try to encourage my team to do. And I hope everybody else out there just can come up with that attitude every day. If they do, then people will stay inside. You know, people wear the mask when they go out. They'll do, do all the things. Because if you do all the things, then we all get to go back out and hang out and watch football, drink cocktails together, and yeah. pour champagne in our faces. And like, that's the crap we want to do, you know? So wake up and do that instead of waking up and complaining about everything. Complaining is not going to get nothing done. I'm glad we're ending it on that note because that is something that I, I, I can't even stress enough. I just can't uh, stand the blame game right now because it doesn't solve anything at all. So, man, I'll put, I'll put links for everything. I know you're doing a lot for um, trying to get Congress to move some things for, uh, along for the restaurant industry. I'll make sure links are in the show page for all of that, um, all uh, of your restaurants. I think you have at least 14 entities or more. Um, yeah. how, how many do you have right now? Is that correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, in the, if you're in the Houston area, Fort Worth, Dallas areas, um, let's support all that Tim's doing. And, and, um, we know that it's also helping support others as well. So thanks for making time today, man. Yeah. Good talking to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, you can go to cheftimlove.com to learn more about what they're doing through their community hot meal program. You can learn more about uh, where their restaurants are located and all of the things that they're doing right now. Um, and I just encourage you to support them. I know for me, uh, Woodshed is right nearby and they turned that into a little market. And so I'm gonna try to do some of my shopping there. Uh, but let's just find a way to support each other. And this is someone who is doing a lot of great things through their business. And so let's be a part, piggyback off of that and together get through all of this craziness. And as always, thank you for listening. I'd encourage you to share this episode with two or three people, let them know about what's happening here and give them a break from the negative news that's out there. And if you want to be a part of this show, this series, uh, hit subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't miss an episode. And also, I just want to encourage you and invite you to sign up for the Fight for Brilliance weekly email that goes out. And you can do that by texting the word brilliant to the number 33777. That's the word brilliant to the number 33777. A big, huge thank you to Chef Tim Love. And thank you to you for listening and being a part of this and being in this community together as we're fighting for optimism and finding the bright side through all that's going on. We'll see you next time.